Hello you and welcome to What the Fuck Are You Doing? This is a podcast that's a lot longer in the making than it is in the planning. And what I mean by that is I've been interviewing people for years, whether it's for magazines or radio stations. And the trouble with those are that they get edited down. So for magazines, it gets down to a few paragraphs. For radio, it's a few minutes at best. And it's just a shame, really, because people have got so much to say. Everyone's got a story to share that you just don't really get time to go in depth into things. So that's why I've decided to do my own podcasts so that I can speak to people and go deep. And so I'm starting like I mean to go on. And this first episode features my good friend Sim, a.k.a. the Spiritual Bogan online. And we do this thing where we review the month that just was basically and we check in with each other and we do this every month and we've decided to record them and let you eavesdrop on them so this is me and her chatting I've split this into two episodes as it was going to be really quite long so I thought it's just more consumable in two pieces so here's the first part and I hope you enjoy what the fuck are you doing what a great way to start this podcast, which is actually called What the Fuck Are You Doing? Which in this case, it's What the <laughs> Fuck Are We Doing? And we're trying to sort out what our intro. What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, we're trying to sort out the intro and thereby by trying to sort it out, we have actually just sorted out the intro. So. Excellent result. Welcome. Sorted. 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 Welcome to What the Fuck Are You Doing? Sim. Thank you. How the fuck are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's good to hear. Um, all right. So this is going to be a new feature um, where we review every single month. Right. And yeah, we did it last month as an exclusive recording that was so exclusive that we didn't record it. So <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Two months Here we into... are reviewing February, uh, yep. mid-March. mid-March. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose this could be a reflection on 2019 so far, but with the with the emphasis yep. on February. <laughs> Excellent. Let's do it. So um, let's start by. Should we start by just listing some achievements this month? Yeah, absolutely. So my biggest achievement, I would have to say is going on my first solo trip. Amazing. First little solo getaway. What was yours? Biggest one. Ooh, I think it was actually investing in myself. <clears throat> I put myself on a course this month. It was not cheap at all. And I think most people would have gone, ooh, that's a bit fucking expensive and not done it. <laughs> but I did it and um, I'm very happy. Including... Including your former self, you would have been one of those people not so long ago. Oh, very true. And, you know, that leads me on to one of my other achievements in that the, my former self described myself as a web developer, whereas as a result of the coaching, I now realise that I am a digital consultant. So that would be another. Ooh. That's another achievement that came out of the coaching. So it, good title. Mm, I like it. Right. Congratulations on becoming a digital consultant, I Thanks. must say. Thanks. I'm very proud of Pleasure. the promotion that I gave myself. Yeah. Good on you. Mm. 
Good on you. You are climbing your way through that company like nothing else. No, I've worked my way up from the very bottom. You yeah. absolutely have. Yeah, it's quite incredible. <laughs> um, so why why is travelling solo such an achievement for you? Well, I think because I've never really enjoyed my own company or never knew how to enjoy my own company, more to the point. I never knew how to be with myself. I always perceived um, you know, things like holidays and outings and stuff to be best enjoyed with other people. And while that's still the case in some instances, um, it was definitely something that was my inability to hang out by myself was stopping me from, from moving forward with a lot of things that I want to do, like travelling and... and um, yeah, experiencing new things. So yeah, right. So it was like a fine. it was like a test. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's um it's taken like you know I wasn't that long ago that I couldn't I wouldn't go to a cafe by myself. Wouldn't go to uh didn't want to go to an exercise class by myself. Didn't want to go to the beach by myself to anything. And it's it's amazing, you know, because we always perceive our you know, things in life to take a long time to get to that point or when, you know, when yep. we imagine ourselves achieving a goal, we always feel like it's going to be a long way away until we get to it and then we reflect back and in hindsight we're like, gosh, that happened so quickly, you know? Mm. Yep. yep, yep. I, I think it's like um, it is like a real skills, not the right word, but to be able to go to stuff by yourself and not give a shit is amazing i think like for me one of the worst excuses for not going to something for me it's live music one of the worst excuses for not going to see one of your favorite bands is i had no one to go with i'm like are you fucking mm. kidding me you didn't go and see your what favorite a wasted band. opportunity no fucking just go you're with like yeah literally ten thousand other people that are into the same thing as you you're surrounded by friends yeah. that's exactly right <clears throat> That's exactly right. And I think like once you start overcoming like the mini challenges associated with doing things on your own, you start looking for bigger things to tackle. I think that's sort of how things unraveled for me. Like, yeah, right. Um, you know, like I think once upon a time, not so long ago, it was like, you know, I just want to be able to go to like workshops and things by myself without getting anxious or go and sit in a cafe and have brunch by myself like yep. and do some writing or whatever um and how rapidly that turned into i'm going to go on a trip by myself and now in three weeks time going overseas by myself for the first time when i didn't even have a passport like two <laughs> years ago i know right you very quickly it's gone just... from camping down down the coast to three weeks in the philippines by yourself isn't it incredible though like if nothing shows you rapid growth, like, and the things that you're capable of, like, it's that, you know? Yep. Like, it's so fucking empowering. Mm. And then you're just like, I remember, you would remember, you would remember from, you know, our house back in, back in Melbourne, how resistant I was. Yep. Without even knowing why or what I was resistant to. Yep. You know? 100%. 
Mm. Um, well, that leads nicely on to the first big question. So we have how many big questions? There's kind of like five big questions. The first one would be, what would be the greatest insights that you have gained over this past month? You go. What's yours? Um, (laughs) So I've written a a couple. Even in clarity, I can be prone to shiny object syndrome. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) I literally got super clear on what I wanted from my career and my life. And then the next day just went spent the entire day doing something completely unrelated to that aim. Um, yeah absolutely so but then that also led me on to realize that that is a form of self-sabotage obviously is to Mm. be productive doing other stuff that's not in alignment with my goals yeah absolutely um and then and just your basic procrastination really like it's procrastination 101 yeah 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 well it's like yeah productive procrastination isn't it so it's like a it's fooling yourself that you're actually doing something so it's not just (laughs) watching netflix all day you're like oh i've achieved something today so like therefore it wasn't a waste but you you yeah have not moved towards your goal absolutely um absolutely uh and so just some other insights uh, fairly kind of self-explanatory really I've been making unfounded assumptions a lot in my life and in my business so um, you know like I wasn't speaking to former clients or reaching out to people just to have a chat because it was like oh well they're not gonna um, they've never got any money or they're not gonna have much insight into what mm, I need good one but they actually it like I've really enjoyed it um, every single chat I've had, every single phone call I've had in the last couple of weeks, and there's been, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 now, like I've really enjoyed speaking to everyone, and they all had really good ideas, and some of them did have <laughs> work for me and had money to do work. Um, so it really just made me realise that what I tell myself about other people is not actually true and I probably should just speak to other people um it from a business sense if I speak to them what did I write when I stay in touch with people they tell me what they need <laughs> rather than me just mm. assuming that I know what they need and that they don't need that's a great work. one mm. yeah I think that's really valuable to you going forward because there's been a couple of instances from previous chats we've had recently where like exactly like you said you've you've assumed that there was no nothing in the tank or nothing to give from these people. And then, you know, as a result of this coaching, as a result of, you know, like you setting your sights and and setting an intention, all of a sudden these things have moved into alignment in the direction that you want to go, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's it. Like even the, the, so the digital consultant thing came from one of these calls. Like I was talking about how, I find it really hard to talk about businesses with people because they're always just like, oh, I thought we were talking about the website. And um, her name's Liz just literally went, well, that's because you call yourself a web developer, but you're not. You're a digital consultant, aren't you? And as soon as she said it, like it just Mm. felt right. And it was just like, fuck. This is such a good call, um, you know, and that was just... And it's a game changer. And, it, like, sometimes that's the only perception shift you need 
to start navigating the conversations that you've wanted to have all along. Yeah. How weird is that? that just a title had created so many barriers to conversations or to discussions subconsciously without you even realising the impact it was having. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I suppose that's another realisation I've had this month is that when I introduced myself to new people, like I am a web developer or like I build websites, like I was limiting myself from the very first sentence. Absolutely, because um, they create a picture of what that means to them inside their heads. 100%. And it's a very small, like, yeah, absolutely. Isn't that fascinating? Mm. Yeah, so that's been my insight. They've, yeah, mm. been lots of realisations. Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest insight has come that has come this month is, you know, the realisation that, when you really relax and start allowing yourself to to genuinely be who you are, the people that need to be drawn to you will be drawn to you. Yep. So that's been that's been a really interesting one for me that's come from a background and journey of like attachment. Mm-hmm. Um and has always felt like you know, in years gone by, like I needed to work really hard to maintain my friendships for fear of losing them. Yeah. So a big insight for me is that, um, you know, like sometimes that not putting all that effort in does actually mean that you'll lose that friendship and that friendship will will slip away or, or, or form, take on a new form. Yeah. But I've realised, you know, that as a result, all that does is create space in our life to allow for new things and new opportunities and new people to enter it. So not to fear space, I think, is a big one for me. Mm, that's a good one. I like that. Mm, that's yeah. been a really, really key. And, you know, I've done some writing on that as well, like when it comes to space mm, as been, well. And It's been a good month for your writing, isn't it? Yeah, is it? But I think that's exactly it, isn't it? When you create the space for it, like yep. I think that's absolutely key for me. You know, in February, like it was another birthday for me. Another year had gone by, and like it's a point of reflection. It was really interesting to to look back and review. So yeah, mm, yeah, very interesting. Yes, it was. It was a surprise when. Well, I suppose when your birthday came round and realised that it was a year since we took that road trip. It's been a year since I left Australia. Um, I know. It was a really pivotal moment, isn't it? You know, like that that year mark, like from from where we were. My birthday is a really significant marker, I think, for both of us. 100%. Mm. So that leads nicely on to the next big question. How did you stay in the flow of allowing and enjoying the journey regardless of the outcome? Well, I think that's the answer in itself. I think that question answers itself in a lot of ways for me because for me it's been about learning that letting things be in flow and not having attachments to the outcome is where opportunity really is, isn't it? Yeah, right. I think for me the last, you know, like it's been learning how to do that in the first place 
not how do I maintain it. It's like learning that that's how that's how things work at all. Yeah, I think you're right actually, because um, the only thing I've written down that's actually kind of vaguely insightful was um, uh, writing stuff out and acknowledging what my frustrations are, and then avoiding them basically like if i yeah. acknowledge what i don't want to do then as long as i just avoid them then i won't be frustrated and whatever i do end up doing wherever that leads you know at least i'm enjoying the work or i'm enjoying the process because i'm not doing work that i find annoying or frustrating mm. so and you know, everyone finds it way easier to say what they don't want than what they do want. So instead of fighting that, um, you know, how easy it is to do that, I'm just going to acknowledge the stuff that I don't want to do and just keep playing the stuff that I do want to do, regardless yeah, of the outcome. And if that if that ends up working for you, then then you've solved you've solved a big issue. And if it doesn't, at least you've at least you can tick that box. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they say like happiness is not a destination, right? So if you enjoy what you do on a daily basis, then you've kind of, you're already happy, aren't you? Well, that's it. And that's the thing, like, you know, the, 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 what causes us suffering, so much suffering in the first place is our resistance to, to what is. So, you know, that's what happens. We become attached. We have we put expectations on our lives, and then when it doesn't go to plan, or when it when our expectations aren't met, we fall out of flow instantly because all of those feelings like disappointment and anxiety come in, and you know, failure and whatever. Hmm. So I think the key to staying in flow is just really learning how to let go of expectation in the first place. Expectation is the root of all pain. Mm, absolutely. Eckhart Tolle, to say. It's one of my favourite quotes. Yeah. Um, all right. So on the flip of that, what obstacles or fears did you still encounter? And I suppose, that, yeah, uh, this can cover the whole year. So the last two months, because I know I think we've both had moments where we haven't been in flow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that, 100%. Mm. Um, I think I've this year already I've had quite a stark contrast of being really in flow and really out of flow and quite quickly and quite, like, dramatically. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's a really good even better timing to reflect on something like that when you've had those contrasts, those big contrasts. Yep. But um, I able to identify what the triggers were that took you out of flow, and then what you were able to do to bring yourself back. So I think I've recognised that rituals are really important for me. Mm-hmm. Like very important. My 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 daily rituals. Um, maintaining those and and nurturing those um, are really, 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 really important in in my ability to stay in flow and not let things 
let things fall off. What about you? I, yeah, I tend to like overwhelm is my biggest enemy or my nemesis. Mm. And um, I can very easily give into that and just check out. And, um, yeah. you know, that can last from hours to days, really, where I just find it easier mm-hmm. to sleep than I do to actually get through and do any work. And it's always, always related to my own development. If I've got client work to do, I'll always do client work. But if I'm trying to develop my yeah. own business or develop myself and I come up against feeling like it's too much, then I can just check out. Um, yeah. So, I'd 100% relate to that. I think a lot of people would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm realizing and what I'm getting better at, although, you know, it still takes me time, is that that happens when I'm not clear enough. So when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, I should just start writing, you know, lists out. Like, what is it? What are all the things that I need to do? What's causing me my brain to implode, basically? Absolutely. Um, that's and, a great insight. I think that's a really great insight mm. because that's what happens, isn't it? It's when we get foggy, like it makes sense that generally it's because we don't have a clear direction, we don't have a clear set of tasks, we don't have we don't have anything concrete to follow. Um, or if we do, there's too much, There's too. we feel like there's too many things to do. Yeah. And so rather than prioritising those things or... Or breaking it down even further. Yeah. We just check out. Yep, 100%. So I think what I'm, you know, and I probably should write out my process to refer back to when I do feel overwhelmed so I can literally follow a step by step to make it as easy as possible. But one thing I really got out of the coaching was from overwhelming my business, being able to speak to someone um, who I know and trust their opinion and be able to list out all the stuff that I thought I needed to do and then just have them go no no yes no no ignore that get rid of that you don't need that like just have that permission to just all of that stuff that isn't going to serve you it's fine to just ignore it like just right. forget that about it right. choose the bits you know and it's a b and c they're the mm. bits that are going to move you forward so from D onwards can just fuck off, basically. <laughs> That's really interesting and, and that I feel like that demonstrates a significant amount of growth for you because I feel like that's probably something that you wouldn't even have allowed anyone access to once upon a time is even that information. That's about, true, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's a huge development for you, like that and especially not even exposing that information, but if you did expose it to even value the feedback is also a really big one for you. Mm, yeah, 100%. Um, and then to find it so valuable is an absolute asset and such a useful tool for you now. Like, that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um definitely a game changer. And, like, I'm already looking at what's the next kind of level of the the coaching because i uh, that was another realization that i had is that 
just having that accountability to someone else um, really helped me because when you're a business yeah. owner, it can be very easy to let let things run away because you're in control of your own time. Whereas if you're checking in with someone and asking their opinion and then they give you some action steps and you don't do them, you know, they're going to be like, well, what the fuck are you paying me for essentially like you know what that's interesting because i've it's something that i've recognized in the last probably six months is far more valuable to me than i would have thought and that's the same thing it's accountability Mm. i feel like when i've had the most success in the things that are important to me like meditation or um my healthy eating like um and anything sort of wellness and, and that gets me towards my goals has always been significantly easier and I've had far better practices surrounding that when I've felt accountable to somebody. Yep. Mm. Yeah. But it's interesting because it needs to be somebody that you respect within that arena. I find I don't. I like it's I can't just do it with somebody that I see as an equal or somebody that you know is on the same level as me in that sort of area it needs to be somebody that I aspire to be more like in that area yeah right that's um yeah it's a good insight I suppose it is it's that that wit that wanting to learn isn't it whereas if you fit don't mm. um, if you don't feel like they're ahead of you then you don't feel like you've got anything to learn Yep, that's it. See, I went to a naturopath. You remember when I went to a naturopath when I've not long after I come yep. to the West Coast and um I did like a program with her and I stuck to it religiously and as soon as I was left to my own devices and wasn't on her program anymore, I just fell to the wayside. Even though I was so invested and enjoying it so much and felt so much better at the time and was getting results and had a really clear guide to follow, not having that accountability of going back to check in on my results was obviously a huge factor for me. Yeah. So mm. how do we how do we manage that? Or is it just a case that you have to you know, you have to keep these people around until it becomes a like a, a habit. Like well, a, absolutely. I mean, habit. it's interesting, isn't it? Because an ingrained habit or why, when is it or why do we not feel accountable to ourselves? Mm. Why do we not, as you know, is it like why do we not have the sense of self or the or the backing power in ourselves to not be able to hold ourselves accountable? Yeah, but I think it's so it's certain areas for me. So, for example, like my meditation practice has been on point, um, certainly this year, um, definitely this last month. Um, So in that respect, I am able to hold myself to account and to make myself do practices every day. Um, Same with some exercise. So like. I have been um, getting out and walking more days than I don't. But then it comes to actual, um, 
like strength building exercises so like yoga or going to the gym and things like that and it just there's zero self-accountability for me there um Mm. it does it come from our lack of belief in our abilities though you know you can walk you know and you know that you've exposed yourself to enough situations that allowed you to know that you were good at walking or that you got results from it or that it benefited you or whatever so it's become an established practice for you in that sense but anything outside of those areas where you doubt your ability or you know that you're not competent in independently or you know you need assistance with or whatever i think that's what it is for me yeah yeah no that could be exactly it actually it makes a lot of sense and there's also um i think there's also that journey isn't it where you know you go from novice student level and then you work yourself up into like competent you know practitioner and then it's whether you go on any further that you then establish the ability to become a teacher or yeah right hand down the baton it's where where you fall on that on that unit of measurement that's um yeah that's really interesting i think i need to it's another list i i like to I need to write. It's lucky that I like writing lists, isn't it? So I need to identify the areas specifically that I don't self-account on so that I can mm. get the help that I need. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So mine, my biggest ones are um, were definitely health and wellness practices. They're something that I never used to, it's something I would never invested in in my 20s. Yep. Was my health or my wellness, smoking, drinking, partying, inact, largely inactive. Yep. Um, definitely not about nourishment nope. and and healthy eating. So it's been an absolute lifestyle overhaul, and I think, um, yeah, I've gotten to the point where I've sort of got a handle, gained a handle of most things, but the eating and, um, well, not so much, I'm definitely more active, way more active, but my my eating habits, I definitely need more education around. I find that the things that we don't do a lot of um, or that we talk ourselves out of or that we need accountability in are actually the things we need education in. I think they correlate. Right, yeah. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Things we don't feel confident in, we don't have knowledge to self-direct. If you don't have the knowledge, you're not going to self-direct, you're not going to self-motivate because you don't know how. Yeah, right, because there's that thing of wanting to be the most effective, isn't you know, do the things that are going to be most effective. But if you don't know anything that's effective, then you're not going to do anything. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's what that's what's key. It's education. It's okay. Well, 
you know, if you do want to do resistance training or you do want to do some sort of strength training, like what kind of strength training is going to be the best? Like, and how are you going to learn how to do it? Are you going to watch multiple YouTube videos? Which source are you going to get it from? Who do you find credible? Who do you find reputable? What style do you want to learn? Do you go to a gym? Do you get a personal trainer, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. And I think once you start getting really, really clear about the process that you're going to educate yourself with about how to move forward, the more likely you are to implement it as a practice. Mm. Well, I should probably start with my aim. Like I've got a pretty big cheese gut at the moment since stopping smoking (laughs) and taking up eating even more cheese. Same as I need to get rid of this belly. Same as is. I was just thinking I've put on 10 kilograms since I quit smoking. Yeah, right. Thankfully, I'd lost 10 kilograms before I quit smoking. <laughs> oh, so now you're at a level and so it can only get better from here. Well, I'm just back to ground zero as of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, right. And I, I have just been on a week-long cheese-eating holiday, so, you know... <laughs> I uh, was, was complaining to someone the other day that my skin was getting really bad and I was like oh, fucking I'm doing all this stuff like I eat less sugar I have been cutting down on cheese more recently than not you know I have stopped smoking I exercise more I'm like why the fuck is my skin so bad and um I I they might be implicating me but they were like oh it's all the toxins coming out so it will get better. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because um, if it doesn't, like if things don't improve in six months, like I might seriously just go back to um, smoking and eating really unhealthily because at least I was skinnier and had better skin. That's exactly what I said at the dinner table tonight. I'm not even joking. I had this conversation, <laughs> this exact conversation, and I said, I've put on 10 kilos since I quit smoking. And they're like, yeah, but at least you quit smoking. And I was like, you know what? I'd be happy to serve myself up a big healthy dose of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease with a side of emphysema to lose that 10 kilos. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Very. So what was the last question? Have we answered that, do we think? I think we've gone over that. It was... um. Well, obstacles or fears. So like obstacles is, I suppose, you could sum it up as saying lack of self-accountability. Obstacles is that lack of education as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Fear. fear, My fear of failure is one that is deep core fear and ongoing. Yeah. And, you know, obviously massive improvements, credit where credit's due. But, yeah, it's definitely still at the core of a lot of the things that that I do, and especially around self-development or, like, holding space in that um, teacher, coaching, business-orientated arena and whether or not it's something I would ever want to work towards. Mm. There's definitely fear in that. Yeah. Mm. I was, I had a thought actually. I I met someone in the coaching course that works with high end coaches, and I was thinking I might ask. Oh, yeah. Um, I might 
ask her if she'd be willing to have a chat with you. Because um, I think she specializes in um, spiritual and I don't know what the other word is. I was looking for it was there earlier, but she that kind of coach, like high end, but spiritually oriented. What does she do? She's um, a, like a business manager. So she goes in and helps them get clients, helps them organize their internal business. Um, if they have new courses they're launching, she'll manage the launch and all this sort of stuff, right. basically. Like she manages the coach, um, essentially, or manages the business so the coach can do the coachy stuff. Um, wow, interesting. Yeah, and she was super cool and um, – like of everyone in the course, like I related to her the most, like everything she said, like just really resonated um, with me. So wow. I just thought like she might have some great insights um, for you to, you know, to ask the questions yeah. that you want to ask. And, you know, rather than have it as a, another spiritual coach who's like, oh, yeah, it's great, blah, blah, blah. You know, like actually have someone from the business side of it who's worked with multiple people. Um, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I'd be super interested in that. Super yeah. interested. But I think the biggest gap for me is knowing what it is like. And it always has been, hasn't it? That product. Like, what is the product? Like, yeah. what what is the service that you're launching? What are you offering? What's the program? Like, yeah. you know, I think that's the thing when I look around at what pit, what things people are offering it's it's um personal training or it's reiki or it's a yoga class or it's a women's circle or it's uh do you know what i mean like it's always um you know a different modality or a specific sort of thing i don't know yeah so they yeah feel like everyone's got their um, package that they offer or like it's very clear why they offer that thing yeah that's what yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and I think I've got a lot of resistance because I actually feel quite like I, because I follow all that sort of stuff I have a lot of people who are just offering coaching without any real clear outline as to why so just people that want to coach yeah. And I, I watch a lot of their videos and find them personally just obsolete. Yeah. Like what what are you offering and on what grounds? Like what what makes you more credible than the last person that I just read about or watched a video of that was like, You can do it. Yeah. Believe in yourself, you know? Yeah. I find per because for me personally, I'm more inclined to go or engage in something that's actually offering a tangible product or a measurable product. Right. I think that's the difference. Right. That's a revelation I've just come to now. There yeah. you go. Yeah, it's a good one. So let's explore that for a minute. So like by tangible and measurable, you mean like, so if you exercise, you can track your weight um and that's and your fitness and your fitness but if you're coaching someone then all you've really got is their 
you know how they feel and it's hard to track how they feel is that what you mean well absolutely because i'm a big believer in light and shade you know like all all range of emotions are valuable and necessary for whatever they're experiencing and obviously it's just their techniques and their ability to deal with it that changes but um you know that's that's hard to offer as a product Mm -hmm. those insights you know yeah like i guess the outcome is measurable but how yeah do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, the the best the best result is for somebody to be able to do exactly what we're doing right now. Like, you go and have a couple of coaching things, and you're like, "What are the biggest insights?" And you're like, "Oh, I never knew that before." The digital consultant thing, you know, perfect, tangible, measurable. Like, yeah, right. yep. yeah. But then I suppose so. Um, so some of the other coaching that I've done recently self-directed but um that's given me a toolkit so the most valuable takeaway for me from all of the coaching that i did <clears throat> would be the toolkit so i suppose that is again that's something that's measurable so when you were working with your clients then you it would be that ability for them to have learnt the tools and then to actually implement them in the moment so that would be measurable that would be tangible mm, i guess i guess so rather than just i need to identify what my spanner is what my hammer is what my saw is do you know what i mean if i'm going to be filling people's toolkits yeah yeah well it would be like um so i mean that's that's talk about the breakup coach thing like like i think that's a perfect package it's a perfect offering and people need it um people will want it you know they will come they'll come a point after they've had a breakup where they're just like i'm fucking sick of feeling like this how can i move on or how can i start the process of moving on and then that's when they'll come to you i think like you know it'll be a few weeks or a couple of months after the breakup and they've gone through the shock and they're just they're sick of being in that place so then that would be when you teach them um, all those techniques that we were talking about the other day the gratitude practice um, the meditation practice so those are your tools and it's just going to be a a way of um, educating those people in why uh, gratitude so let's use that so why gratitude is important why it works but then how to do it but then how to make it a habit and that's would be where you come in um and you were telling me with one of your um clients that you were doing the back and forth the a a to z and you were sending a message every day like that that is genius because it's it's making them do it every day but it's also gamifying it a little bit and, and it's the accountability that we were just talking about before 100%, wasn't it 100% and if then, we become that education and that accountability behind the reason yep. to implement new practices yep and then it's so even that the a to z you know that's 26 days that you do that before you you know and you could then even go and repeat it 
Um, but after 26 days, you know, they're going to have realized that, okay, like this is all you have to do to just feel a bit better. All you have to do is just come up with one or two things that you appreciate that day. So, you know, and then that becomes like, that's ingrained in their head. That's then in their toolkit for the rest of their life. So when you speak to them, you know, if you end up catching up with them, if they contact you a year later and say, oh, I'm feeling really down, then you're able to go, well, you know, remember that gratitude practice we used to do? Like, let's start that again. And you won't have to explain everything again. It's just because they already mm. know the toolkit. You're just reminding them. So that becomes tangible, like the fact that they understand and have these practices and these tools available to them. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely it's all just things to think about, isn't it? I feel like, you know, like there's still it's that fluctuation between, you know, finally after like two years, slowly but surely seeing like aspects of a product. Yeah. Like that, that outline I sent you yesterday. Yeah. You slowly see something formulating, but you're battling with that absolute epic level of resistance and imposter syndrome as well while you're developing it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we probably could do a whole other episode on imposter syndrome maybe we will one day oh god it's awful awful ultimately doesn't it just come down to like the answer is that everybody feels that way it's just whether you choose to buy into it or not yeah 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 absolutely absolutely interesting Mm. well i suppose that kind of well that's fear yeah i mean well the next sort of topic is what is the most common negative emotion so i mean i I suppose we've already just kind of gone over fear fear and imposter syndrome um yeah i think yeah yeah because i remember last last month was sadness for me remember yeah right and anger yep the month before that anger yep december anger january sadness and now I feel like I'm I've had an energy shift and I'm shifting into my more um high vibrational emotions yeah nice which is nice it's very nice it's very nice to be back let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) so do you think that was from doing the rituals and challenging yourself by going you know traveling by yourself and things like that is that how you I do. I do think the rituals were a part of it, but I also think that coming up and having that time off, I think, not so much even that it was by myself, but just having it and remembering what it's like to be curious and to see new places and to be in nature and outdoors and, and you know, and problem solving and, you know, being challenged and and getting creative with how you spend that time off like i missed that you know when you're in when you're running your life like groundhog day and you get up and you go to work and you know there's so so many aspects of my life 
here in the West that I'm grateful for every day and, and having access to things like yoga and, and the gym and, and the beach. You know, like yeah. I've, I've, um, I love them. Like I, but nothing beats that feeling for me. Mm-hmm. That newness and that, and that ability to get creative and see new things and experience new things. Um, yeah, I'm just realizing, I think, how important it is for me, which has made me, you know, recognize things like, I'm definitely going to finish this contract in July. Yep. Um, and then obviously, yeah, and that's, and that's created some space, I think. I think that's what's made that shift, that energy shift. Yeah, right. Knowing that there's change on the horizon. Yeah. Considering my background and how much I used to fear change. Isn't that incredible? I was about to say exactly that. (laughs) Yeah, it's literally the opposite of how you used to live your life. Everything. And I feel like this is part of my journey as well and my ability to empathise. Like I've always been good at, I've always had empathy as a skill, you know, like, but I feel like I've amped it up about fucking 500,000 times in the last 12 months. I feel like there's been, my life has like, the contrast is polar. Like the polarity is outstanding, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. What do you think, um, I'd just like to go back to the the sadness thing, Um, Mm. because that's, as you said, something in December. I spoke to you a few weeks back about it and how I felt sad, but there was no real reason to because everything was positive, like I was making all these positive changes, yet I felt sad. And um, Mm -hmm. then... You know, what did that I... That picture you sent me. Yeah, I wonder if I can... Uh, don't know if I can get it. Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? I'm just going to try and bring it up, actually, so I can read it. Out. Maybe I can. One moment, please. Just kindly talk amongst yourselves. We will be back very shortly. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've got it here. Um. So, yeah, this really summed it up for me. Um, because I was going through so many positive changes, but I really enjoyed my old life, like as much as smoking's bad and, you know, not eating properly and all this sort of stuff, you know, like the stuff you do in your 20s, no one can deny that it's fun. Um, yeah. But I do feel that I've grown beyond that. So, yeah, when I read this, this is by Alex Benayan, who is um, an author, and he wrote on Instagram... I'm sitting here in San Francisco, a few blocks from where I used to work when I was 19, and I'm flooded by memories. And although the memories are happy ones, there's an air of sadness, and now I think I know why. I think I'm grieving the life I used to live, where my dad used to be alive and everything else in life felt right side up. I'm grieving the carefreeness of life. It's weird that, at the same time, I love my life. Yet I also grieve the old version of myself that used to exist, the version of myself that was killed by factors I cannot control. They killed little me, and I miss him. That just fucking rang Incredible, so true to me. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely one that strikes a nerve, especially if you've made dramatic changes in, you know, like, and I think that's that's the self-development journey in a nutshell, isn't it? Yep. It's like once you get on it, you want to go further. You want to see how far you can go. But at every single point, you're killing off a part of yourself yeah. and a part of of your existence that no longer serves you. Yep. But you don't that that's a hundred percent it. You don't always associate that old version with yourself as negative. And so there is grief, like absolutely grief and loss. Hmm. Yeah. You know, like my my um alter ego of the person that I used to be when I partied and smoke and drank and and um and used to go out a lot and go to music festivals and used to get loose and and whatever. I her, she's been named Trudy. She's gotten this nickname <laughs> Trudy. Yeah. And and you know people that I meet now that you know if it comes up they all want to meet Trudy and you know like sometimes I really want to introduce her. You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like you know. Trudy, she was a good time gal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she was a good time gal. She absolutely was. Like, and I like, I miss the playfulness of her. You know, I miss the fun. I miss the mischievousness. Like, and although Trudy's habits definitely didn't serve my health and wellness or my development. Yeah. Like. There were absolutely traits and aspects of her that I hope aren't lost forever that I can channel in other ways. Mm. Yes. Yes. Very yeah. Much so. But that 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 little saying that that those words are definitely powerful and they definitely definitely speak for that aspect of things, don't they? Mm. Yeah. I think for me it was the realization of you know it took me a while to figure out why I was. Um, felt sad and you know that came from speaking mm. to you and then yeah when I read that that just you know it just puts it very succinctly so I think it's recognizing that that is what's happening and it is okay to mourn that mm. um, you know mm. even though as you say it it's wrapped up in bad habits and self-destructive behavior it it served its purpose and it had a time and a place and yeah as you say hopefully that there will be parts that you can channel um and then yeah i mean that's uh, probably another episode that we could do is how we've both struggled with what is in inverted commas fun these days um mm, absolutely when you restrict all of the avenues that you used to associate with fun where do you then recreate it yeah. and i think that was why Going away last week was super important for me and it was like obviously a very, 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 very different description of fun because like Trudy definitely would not have found last week fun. Trudy would have thought that was the shittest time in the world. If you had told Trudy she was going to be by herself on her birthday without anything to drink, without any friends, and I just, she would have been distraught, Yeah. you know? Yeah. 
So it's just like for me to have come back so refreshed and so energized and so vibey and so inspired yeah. was just worlds away from from that old person. And I think that's what's given me the spark back that, that you know, like fun can be redefined. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And um so maybe fun just means perpetual travel and um newness <laughs> always seeking the new. Yeah, but isn't that terrifying? Like trying to sustain that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I suppose it's finding ways to seek the new. So travel is one way, but learning is another. So as long as you're mm, always learning absolutely. something then yeah, Absolutely. And you're so right. Like there is nothing else that can spit you into a completely different reality like learning and education. Yeah. Like fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the most um the most repeated sort of gratitudes that I have is that I'm so grateful that I'm addicted to learning because if mm. I hated learning you know, I just, uh, growth would be so much harder. Um, and you know, you probably wouldn't even bother, <laughs> but absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. And you see it all the time. Thank you for listening. That's all for part one. Thank you for eavesdropping with us. Look out for part two. Be sure to subscribe, drop a comment, drop a rating and remember, I love you and believe in you.